any online seller today has two major objectives become the best seller and the fast seller in their sectors their business is heavily dependent on shorter time to market and selling the best product or service in their sector they can only achieve it through continuous and consistent delivery of quality products but often fault lines in infrastructure commonly labeled as infrastructure issues poses bottlenecks in their delivery most of which can be addressed proactively when it comes to infrastructure unfortunately it's react it's a reactive approach to solve these issues and it has become a norm although proactive measures can prevent them but they get ignored since they are considered non functional or operational hello and welcome to cloud kata the modern infrastructure podcast this is season 1 anatomy of modern infrastructure and today is episode 4 identity management from this episode onwards you are going to hear more about infrastructure management learn how to build fault tolerant cloud ready modern infrastructure for your services and applications i am your host and coach kamlika majumdar from stacksile lp and i am here to take you through a decades experience of taking infrastructure school life so fasten up your seat belts and let's take off <laughs> we have learned about the three core factors network system and storage which constitute the foundation of modern infrastructure if you have missed these episodes don't worry they are all available with downloadable transcripts on cloudkata.com so go to podcast on cloudkata.com and listen into the anatomy of modern infrastructure covered so far today i'll take you through the fourth factor identity management To access modern infrastructure as a service or cloud it requires identity management to ensure that systems are protected both logically and physically against unauthorized access now you may ask if you are on cloud how do you manage physical access so in my first episode i have explained it to you how to have segregated network and dedicated uh, private uh, network through virtual private clouds so when you are on cloud go with a virtual private cloud that way you will be able to co- control your network and the system which are not uh, assigned to anyone else and if you want to physically control access to your system you can go with dedicated servers so that the server access can be controlled by you that way you can also control the physical access to your server however this is again based on your requirement you may or may not need it only certain organization in certain sectors will need to physically control access to their systems however system should be logically protected against any unauthorized access uh and if you are on vpc a cloud provider you know ensures that your virtual machines are dedicated to you and not to anyone else the physical server may be shared but the the virtualized machines where your application is hosted is dedicated to you so uh going with reserved server will actually also d- dedicate the physical server on which the virtual machines are running um however that can be costly so it it will only be adopted if it is needed uh by your uh, company compliance needs the second thing that identity management has to ensure is ease of access users 
आर नॉट ऑलवेज टेक सैवी दे मे और मे नॉट बी प्रोग्रामेटिकली कंट्रोल एवरीथिंग सो दे नीड अ वेरी फ्रेंडली यूजर इंटरफेस सो दैट दे कैन एक्सेस दिस सिस्टम्स एंड सर्विसेज and the third thing that is needed is ease of onboarding and offboarding the faster you can onboard a new user and the faster you can offboard them will ensure how fast you can start your delivery and development you know work so three things systems should be protected they should be easy to access and they they should be easy to onboard and offboard now these can be achieved through one stop station for change management tracking and tracing a centralized user management and standard access control policies and permissions once you have a centralized identity management system with well defined policies and permission you will be able to control who has access to which layer of the infrastructure or system or services and you will be able to also ensure that how easy it is to access and to revoke access so let's look into uh, how these can be achieved in order to understand that we need to first understand how access happens in identity management whenever you are accessing a system or server it goes to two phase of validation first is authentication wherein it validates you as a user and its secrets so you provide your username you provide your password or uh, any key and then it validates yes this is a valid user whose id is stored somewhere in my identity management system and then it says yes authentication successful that means you have successfully logged into the system or service um, no matter which uh, mechanism you are using now the next phase is once you are logged into the system or service then the next phase comes in about what areas in that system are you able to access you might have noticed that more most often once you have logged into any centralized system or service be it your infrastructure as a service or software as a service or platform as a service you may or may not be uh, having full access to everything that is available you may have only restricted access to certain services let's say if you are on cloud um, uh, sometimes you may see see that you only have access to lo- to you know the machines or the instances but you do not have access to do anything or to edit anything so that means there is an authorization layer so you are not authorized to edit anything but you are authorized to view it or to go inside it this mechanism is called authorization so any kind of access management has two stages first authentication through username and secrets and next through authorization authorization happens through two two things roles and permissions now let's look into authentication authentication is done using identities so what is the structure of an identity identity comprises of two sets first part is your accounts or usernames or uids whichever you may refer to based on whichever system you are using accounts can be of various types there can be user accounts which are real human being who are accessing the system and services this these can be service accounts which are used by applications or services to talk to each other or to integrate it with each other these can be system accounts where virtual machines or instances allow 
user to log into those machines or services to log into the, those machines or sometimes these machines can also talk to each other let's say file transfer or something like that so there uh, the these accounts sit on the system level then there is cloud account when you are on certain cloud provider that cloud provider will ha you will have to authenticate to that cloud providers console or uh, account to get inside it and access the infrastructure as service or software as service or platform as service whichever model you are using so these these cloud accounts are typically used for cloud operations uh, let's say billing uh, cloud or creating organization or uh, enabling any service or purchasing any service and likewise so overall you we can divide identities into four kinds of accounts user accounts used by user service account used by applications system accounts used by servers or systems and cloud accounts used by cloud operations now this is the first part which is the user account or the first entry that you uh, may have to, you have to do whenever you are trying to access any service so the next part is the passwords or secrets or credentials whichever you you may like and the passwords can be of uh, various types these can be simple uh, you know password which are used by user uh, these can be when when it comes to service account these can be service password or some keys or tokens which are uh, transmitted by the service during the run time there can be these can be encryption keys which are used by certain encryption management system during a machine encryption or decryption these can be ssh keys the ssh keys are a pass are referred to as passwordless mechanism though it is also kind of a secret some sort of password but not password which is uh, being typed into but it is more like in uh, in a in an a key format um, either rsa or open ssh whichever and it is much more secure so these can be ssh keys and there can be api secret tokens or access key tokens these are most commonly used the ssh keys are most commonly used in the systems and servers they are not specific to only cloud they can also be used on any on premise system and these api secrets are more common on the cloud when you are accessing any cloud service let's say you have a ec2 instance and you want to access an rds instance from the ec2 instance you you would want to use the api keys or access tokens between the services instead of using the password or they these can be in the containerization world these can be certain keys stored in files uh, like in you know a pem files which are cube which are used by kubernetes like systems called cube config so cube config though it is called config but it is it is actually a set of key which is used to access the kubernetes api so likewise there are other softwares uh, systems there can be database uh, password or keys Uh, depending on which database you are using uh, if you are using postgres there will be postgres database password or mongodb password so all of these are various kind of passwords that are uh, readily being used uh, in our regular day life to access the systems and services or infrastructure that we set up on cloud now let's look into where these identities are stored or should be stored as i mentioned earlier 
in order to achieve ease of access and ease of onboarding and offboarding plus securely provide uh, you know authorized access to system it is very important that all these identities uh, like at, on the whole if i have to summarize it there are at least four groups of identities and if each one of them have 100 identities then there will be 400 identities that you are managing so it is very important that you store all the identities on a centralized location otherwise if you have different system handling different identities like say for user you will use certain kind of identity storage for systems you will use something else for um, uh, services you will use something else for cloud account you will use something else so it will be not just confusing but also confusing to your user because they will have to now remember four different identities one for user access one for cloud access uh, you know um, user access in cases like say email ids and your uh, you know the project management software will be using something else then again your cloud account and then your cloud software so it will be very confusing for your user plus it is also a headache uh, for your operational uh, activities because Uh, as i mentioned it should be not just easy to provide access but it should also be easy to revoke that access because uh, if people will be leaving your organization right nothing is static here everything is dynamic so when your users are leaving or are no longer uh, act, you know active you need to revoke those access so if you have 10 different places where you will have to go and clean up your user trust me i have seen organization retaining or not cleaning up um, their identity server for 10 years and more and it leads to you know uh, uh, security breaches because you will be using the same credential somewhere and it is not revoked so somebody some day will try to uh, brute force into your services and it will compromise your server so it's a big security risk so these all these identity should be stored in a centralized place and today the there are services available and these are called identity provider uh, before cloud era there used to be one and only uh, an active directory server where you used to save with microsoft active directory or some other linux active directory or ldap uh, but uh, today uh, we have uh, google g suite which is a centralized identity provider and there are other uh, saas uh, products available which can be used as identity provider uh, so no matter which one is make sure that all your identities are stored in a centralized and single identity provider don't use one identity provider for your users uh, emails another for uh, your systems again centralize the identity provider and uh, whichever identity provider you use make sure that it has single sign on capability a uh, single sign on capability is a mechanism where your user need to only use one user id or email id and password and that can be used through uh, you know uh, federated authentication to multiple system so when let's say you have logged in to your gmail and you want to log in to your uh, cloud account let's say aws account now when you if you have sso enabled if you have the aws account integrated with say g suite uh, so when you log in to aws it will ask you whether you want to log in through your gmail id or not so you just have to say yes this email id i want to use and the systems 
जी सूट एंड ए डब्ल्यू एस अकाउंट आइडेंटिटी मैनेजमेंट विल ट्रांस विल यू नो शेयर दी परमिशंस दैट येस जी सूट योर यूजर विद दिस ई मेल आई डी वॉन्ट्स टू एक्सेस दिस एंड आई एम वैलिडेटिंग इट बिकॉज वी बोथ हैव इंटीग्रेटेड विद ईच अदर विद सेंट्रलाइज आई डी पी एंड दैट्स हाउ यू कैन ऑटोमेटिकली लॉग इन टू ए डब्ल्यू एस अकाउंट जस्ट बाई सिलेक्टिंग योर जी मेल आई डी नाउ यू हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड इट वेरी क्लियरफुली दैट यू आर नॉट शेयरिंग दी पासवर्ड्स टू ए डब्ल्यू एस और कॉपिंग इट टू ए डब्ल्यू एस इट्स ए फेडरेटेड ऑथेंटिकेशन मेकेनिज्म द वे इट वर्कस इज वन ऑर्गेनाइजेशन लेट से जी सूट एंड ए डब्ल्यू एस हैव बीन इंटीग्रेटेड थ्रू योर अकाउंट बाई यू ऑथोराइजिंग देम टू इंटीग्रेट एंड दे हैव वैलिडेटेड दैट दिस ई मेल आई डी इज ए वैलिड यूजर फॉर दिस अकाउंट इन ए डब्ल्यू एस सो दिस इज कॉल्ड फेडरेटेड ऑथेंटिकेशन सो लाइक वाइज दिस सिंगल साइन ऑन कैन बी यूज फॉर वेरियस अदर सिस्टम्स एंड सॉफ्टवेयर्स मेनी सॉफ्टवेयर टूडे प्रोवाइड सिंगल साइन ऑन मेकेनिज्म विद डिफरेंट टाइप्स ऑफ आई डी पीज जी सूट बींग वन ऑफ दी फर्स्ट वन और मोस्ट कॉमन वन दैट इज बींग प्रोवाइडेड सो हैव अ सेंट्रलाइज आई डी पी वेर ऑल दी यूजर आई डीज और ई मेल आई डीज आर आर यूनिक आई डीज आर स्टोर एंड मेक श्योर दैट इट इज एनेबल टू सिंगल साइन ऑन नाउ वट इज द अदर बेनिफिट ऑफ सिंगल साइन ऑन so for user it they get a ease of access they don't have to uh, enter username and password every time they go to different service or they don't have to you know use different username or password the second is ease of onboarding and offboarding now say that user have left your organization you need to revoke that user so you just go ahead and revoke it in the centralized idp in this case let's say g suite so you just delete that user from your g suite and its access is gone from all the system which are integrated with g suite and with single sign on so that is the beauty of having a centralized idp with single sign on similar identity provider with single sign on you can access all the system which are integrated with the g suite there are still some kind some other secrets that you will hold let's say your api tokens which are typically used for programmatic access between your services let's say you are having a, a a ci job for deployment job which deploys or creates infrastructure so you will have some ci agents which will be launched to create an rds server or an ec2 instance so they will use certain api keys or access tokens now that is one form of password then i mentioned about the ssh keys which you will use to log in to any linux system Uh, then i i also mentioned about uh, encryption keys which are typically used by key management system let's say you have an encrypted disk to to encrypt and decrypt you need a key pair and that key pair has to be stored somewhere so that the key management system can decrypt it or if you are going to decrypt it yourself you also need to have it then there is a, uh, another type of uh, secret which is uh, in containerization world it like say kubernetes these are the cube config uh secrets uh, very commonly used for uh, application deployment uh, you know container deployment in kubernetes cluster uh, basically if, if you are having a microservices architecture you need cube config to deploy any microservice as containers so these are another form of secret these are more mostly these are keys tokens uh, pem files and likewise and these needs to be stored uh, securely and same like in case of identity user identity provider 
these also need to be stored in a centralized place because these will be used during runtime by applications and uh, sometimes by even user sometimes a user may want to programmatically access some of these services for logging debugging or some some operational needs so you need to store all of them in a centralized place and it needs to be secure so what do you need for them is a centralized secret management system and one example or uh, the most common example of this is vault there can be different versions of vault but vault for secret management should be used to store all your secret keys token or even password if you have static passwords if you are if you have a software which does not have a single sign on with your identity provider you will need to set up a user id and a password so you need to save those also so for that you need to store them in a centralized vault or, or a secret management system and the what are the advantages of storing them in a centralized vault or secret management system is that vault ca can be all these secrets can be stored in a centralized encrypted secret storage and when you are storing these secrets you can actually segregate these secrets into different groups or different policies so that accidentally one application does not end up using secret of the other application so vault gives various uh, capabilities and config parameters like this second advantage of using a secret management system is key rotation now you have created a key today it is not a good practice to use the same key forever or for entire lifetime uh, it is important that these this key gets rotated and refreshed because if attackers notice that you have been using a key for too long it is very easy for them to brute force to attack a, you know launch a brute force attack into your system and get inside your system and in some of the keys uh, well i won't say it is a key but uh, it's kind of a secret or authentication mechanism uh, cert which is certificates now it is certificate level authentication is used for um, uh, api to api communication especially between two parties and it is very important uh, if you are purchasing a, a certificate from a, you know root authority they have certain time limit like say one year or two year or three year and after that you need to update the certificate now if you have not stored the certificate in a particular place and your application is not referring to that central management system to call it you will have to manually go and change it in each and every places you might automate it with script but it is it will not be that uh, feasible so if you have it stored uh, in a, a centralized secret management system and your application is just given the link to that secret management system to the path and the file name it will go ahead and call it so you only need to go and change it in the secret management system and the application will refresh it from the secret management system also it 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 uh, enhances the runtime usage now if you do not have a secret management system and you are using api tokens and you know ssh keys or ssl certificates you will have to store them on that virtual machine now remember uh, in my second episode on system i told you about immutable infrastructure you need to make sure there is no stateless data stateful data sitting on your infrastructure you need to make it truly immutable but if you store say passwords or uh, secret tokens or uh, ssh keys or ssl password uh, only on your system right you need to keep a copy of it on the system but if you only keep it on that system and dependent to copy it from there or pull it from there then if that system is gone you will lose your ssh keys and tokens and i i have seen it many cases that systems as fancy as containerized platform if the secret management is not uh, been configured properly 
the the entire platform stops working just because of the fact that they have expiry expired token so it is very important that you have this in a secret management system in a centralized way wherein it can be accessed during run time and you don't have to store it in, in statically on the system this also enhances uh, uh, a renewal mechanism because then you can set a scheduled renewal and you can set an alert that okay this is going to expire you will get a notification in an upload otherwise if you're storing it on a static system you will have to keep uh, remembering the date if you miss it your certificates expire or passwords expire then you are gone you will forget about it um the this having a secret management system also enables configuration managed infrastructure as code so you can programmatically manage a secret management system you don't have to manually go it plus it also has a ui which can give a read only access to your user so for user you don't have to uh, send these credentials over email or over you know files or folders which risk uh, chances of uh, you know data copy or data compromising or, or violating your security policies you should never uh, you know share your passwords and credentials over chats or emails etc instead you can generate uh, these password and you can tell them okay go in the secret management system url and download your password so or access your password uh, and uh, also you can have temporary credentials generated suppose somebody uh, wants to just have access to one system for a day so you can ha have a, a token generated for a temporary token generated for a day and provide it to them so in short identities uh, can be stored in two ways one centralized identity provider which can have all the account names email ids ids etc and then a vault for secret management storage next up let's talk about the second stage once authentication is completed the second stage of identity management that is authorization authorization means providing uh, selective access to your user that means that when you don't want your user to have access to everything or you want to group them based on what they need to know that's when you en enable authorization and it is an added layer of security on your identity management so as to ensure that uh, it prevents uh, or it prevents any risk of unnecessarily uh, compromising your system uh, and also it uh, prevents any unauthorized user to accessing something which they are not supposed to let's say uh, you are in a, a bank you are developing a banking system uh, your developers need not uh, have access to the core banking data right however your operational team may have access to infra but they don't have need to have access to to the databases it's a it's a developers or engineers or production support especially for production access not everyone needs to have right access to production in fact production access uh, should always be read only for users and right access should be given only to the application and services which should be authorized on it so how how do you achieve uh, authorization this can be achieved through centralized role based access control for all users and service accounts and when you are creating service account you should have a strong password policies which uh, have uh, for all access keys and password you should have rotation policies as i mentioned earlier it should be rotated it should not be that one password is used for like years forever all accounts should be checked against mfa multi factor authentication so 
earlier it was two factor authentication before that it was only one factor which is username and password then came two factor maybe username password and some auth token or otp now it is mfa uh, which is like say otp plus uh, some security questions etc you will most likely see this when you are logging into your banking account where you have username otp some secret uh, uh, you know uh, question and answer and and likewise so these are added layer of security for this system and especially mfa is very important when you are uh, dealing with cloud accounts as i mentioned earlier the operational accounts like say billing how, you know how much to pay which have which stores your payment information or infrastructure creation all of these and in cloud there is one account that you need to create when you are registering to any cloud provider which is commonly known as the root account uh, or admin account that is a you know super admin account of the entire cloud uh, uh, account that you have created that should be enabled with mfa and especially any uh, access that you are providing uh, which is not programmatic which is via the web console either uh, so enable mfa along with the single sign on with your idp very important and root root and super admin account uh, which you create in the beginning make sure that it is subscribed to a group email address and not your cto's email id or your billing admin's email id because that uh, will cause uh, issues when that person is not around and you need to um, fix something or enable something so if you are assigning it to a group email ids it uh, will uh, provide a long term group like operational access and also it will avoid loss of control so in case of if for role based access control you will need a very well defined uh, roles for cloud console apis and services there should be policies separate policies for your iam roles this is specific to cloud like say you can have a developer and an admin role uh, and uh, to explain these rules uh, based on the use cases it can be developer a qa or admin or maybe just users and admin or devs and admin and then you should have a very well defined api access policies and service control policies these mapping of iam rules should be done to a group so that you can manage the permissions uh, in one place and reflect it in multiple roles and again uh, in this case also for the roles uh if if uh, possible and provided by your cloud provider and if you're using g suite then you can map it to the google groups um and uh, you 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 can also do group management from g suite you don't have to do group management or role management or authorization management from your um uh, cloud uh, cloud account so you can have a centralized uh place where you are you have a standardized role and user account created for your organization and you can map to your cloud account i mentioned about keys so when it comes to the key management make sure there is you have a key management system and access control uh, through individual rather than shared key so never share your uh, keys or credential so role based access control is only successful if your users are not sharing the credential with someone else so sometimes it happens that uh, because of any urgency of operational demand people and tend to share their credential with their fellow uh, mate do not do that because truly there is uh, no way of stopping it it is only awareness that you can set because that way you will not know who is accessing it and that will risk 
your uh, system or service access um, so be very careful do not share any keys or any password among your teammates create unique id for every user who is accessing it and that holds true for even services do not have one anonymous service username that can be used across your compute system your api gateways your databases and especially in databases do not just create one database username and password and uh, distribute it across all system level integration that is highly risky and uh, very prone to brute force attack again now uh, after you define the roles uh, you will identify the roles okay i have user i have admins i have super admins or you can say i have engineers and i have op ops people and i have like billing people these roles are uh, should be uh, structured with proper policies and permissions now what are the permissions and what do they look like permission can be based on data access uh, on especially the database layer it can be either read only and read write read write should be typically given uh, for services which are writing to the databases rather than users because nowadays very rarely you will directly upload any table or any data into your database you should prevent from doing it even if you want create a service which can upload it so direct access to database for any user uh, should be prevented only service level access should be given and read only access can be given to validate whether the data is uploaded correctly or written correctly or not so one uh, level of permission can be set based on the data uh, and uh, database and this uh, this form of accessibility also applies to anything uh, that you are giving to user now your user can be read only user or can have read write user and this comes in when you are giving access to user especially to cloud in cloud this can be a programmatic access like uh, the users can get an api access for specific and even on the api access you can define which apis you don't want them to suppose you want somebody to only have access to create uh, ec2 instances so you can define your permissions uh, and po policy permissions in your policy which says only access to create ec2 instances this can be filtered or made granular even further uh likewise you can make them admin user if these are your operational anal, uh, engineers who are creating infrastructure or your say ci agents which are doing the deployment so th there has to be an admin user which can create uh, these infrastructure services um and th this is a programmatic access that you can get and you will have to define it in a granular way uh, when you are defining programmatic access for your users or services Uh, make sure that it is very well defined and granular if that server does not need to have access to certain service do not give it most often it is very easy to just choose um, you know aws admin access and give to access to anything but remember you are risking it if somehow that system gets compromised they can end, uh, go to your billing account and change certain things in your payment account and do some messy things over there so make sure you define your policies and per permission in a very granular way the second level um, of access or permission that needs to be set is for web console now uh, some users may not need access to programmatic uh, changes for apis etc web console access is a more generic and easy access that can be given to user so that they can have visibility to the status of the system like they can look into logs that they, they can look into if their servers and systems are running or if they are in some faulty state so web console access should always be read only and again 
since i mentioned earlier it should be integrated with sso and single sign on so that if the user no longer needs access or user is no longer present you can just revoke access from one place and that will remove them from every application web console access uh, can also be given for uh, is also given for certain things like buckets or you know object storage like s3 bucket or uh, gcs bucket where you will uh, store some kind of static files and folder so you can define you should define policies about it don't just make it too open that anybody and everybody can upload files and download files and copy files so you need to make sure that only authorized people are allowed to download and upload files in those bucket and those buckets are encrypted as well Web console access uh, can also be given for managed services, uh, let's say RDS or Kubernetes to see, you know, utilization, etc. But all these accesses, recommended way is to give read-only access rather than creation or edit level access. So do not enable any uh, uh, write access from web console. Make sure that it is programmatically handled because that way you will be able to create proper infrastructure as code if you are giving access over web console to create and edit uh, that means it becomes uh, untraceable because the web console is not version control only programmatic access or programs can be version control so if you are doing anything from the ui it is lost and you'll forget what configuration changes you made so um, it is very easy to use the web console and give edit access and it allows so but do not do it because in that way you will lose track of what changes you have made so make sure that web console access is only provided uh, with read only access uh, and uh, maybe some downloadable file access for uh, bucket policies and that's all now as we are talking about cloud identity uh, management as i mentioned earlier there are various ways you can do identity and access control management through rules and policies on cloud typically a cloud in a cloud provider there is a service defined as iam uh, which you will see be in aws or uh, um, in g suite and that is the place where you can define your uh, account and policies now when you are creating cloud organization first thing you uh, when you are doing identity and access control in cloud first thing you will have to decide is uh, when you are uh, registering to any cloud provider is that to create an organization now uh, various cloud providers have various models of uh, creating organization like say in aws uh, they have an organizational ou model however in gcp they have a folder and project model uh, names can be different but idea is same they want to segregate the use cases when you have an organizational unit let's say you have an organization called um, xyz right you will register first thing you do is organization be it aws or in g suite you will have to register the organization with your domain name first and now under that you will have to create two section now when you are designing modern infrastructure i recommend creating uh, the sections based on your production and non production units uh, if you are on aws create separate ous for non production and production and under the ou you can create as many accounts as you want or you can create a single account if you if you are running uh, a single project you can create a single account let's say you are running multiple projects uh, one for say uh, e-commerce or bank or say fintech so create one account for each project the idea is 
there will be certain amount of expenses related to each account and you will have to uh, come up with a mechanism to charge them back or revoke them back or get an estimate of which project is consuming what so when you are having an account uh, separated and segregated then you can get a consolidated billing with the separation of which project is earning what so as in aws you have ou like production and non production and different accounts based on you are in a uh, which project like in uh, likewise in gcp you can create folders in, gcp does not have ou they have more of a folder and under that folder you can have service project based on if you are a single tenant then it will be only single project if you are multi tenant if you are if you are a saas project and have multiple projects uh, that are being uh, products that are being released so you can create a service project based on that now once you have created the account then you apply the iim rules and policies and you can define one standard for iim rules and policy you can define there is a master role or super admin role which has access to uh, all the systems and services then there can be instant role which will only be for server to server access and then there can be a user role which is like a web console access for your users to go through cloud account and controls and you can define those role and apply to all systems if you are on uh, aws it also provide a mechanism to apply service control policies across the organization in unit so let's say you want to enforce that every user who is logging into your cloud account has a multi factor authentication enabled you can set it in one policy and apply to the whole organization so it gets applied to all the ous that you prepare irrespective of whether it is production ou or non production ou so anybody and everybody gets that then there are certain other policies like a deletion policy you can say that nobody uh, should get an uh, authorization to delete infrastructure from web console so web console deletion is banned so you can set those uh, you know uh, default uh, policies and these are called service control policies on aws and you can you can do that um likewise in gcp you have you have service accounts which you ca can be used for uh, project to project access or service project access service to service object so you'll have to play around with those permissions but the standard design remains the same that means divide your access into two or three groups you can have either master access and user access or you can have master access super admin access and then programmatic access and then uh, web access right so define on which role uh, you want to provide there is another aspect in aws uh, and also in gcp which is assume roles like say you can have one role defined for a, a server and it can use that role assume that role and you know integrate with some other service it's called assume roles within accounts and then if you have different accounts uh, let's say you have one for banking one for fintech but you want one of the banking service to access one in fintech there may be cross account access that you want to generate so what you could do is uh, you can also use assume roles wherein user account will assume a role particular role which is like a cross account access and they can access it when when it comes to cloud account management there are certain uh, aspects that should be kept in mind and should be taken care of and these are console accounts or web console access should be different for production and non production whenever you are giving your users access make sure they have different ids or different uh, accounts for non production production otherwise if a user has one email id even if he is a super admin uh, and uh, that email id is given 
टू प्रोडक्शन एंड नॉन प्रोडक्शन एक्सेस इन बोथ प्लेसेज देर आर चांसेस दैट ही कैन एक्सीडेंटली गो टू प्रोडक्शन अकाउंट वेन ही इज डूइंग द नॉन प्रोडक्शन वर्क सो मेक श्योर दैट हीज यूजर अकाउंट्स आर सेपरेट वेन यू आर क्रिएटिंग यू कैन लेबल दैम एज प्रॉड यूजर एंड नॉन प्रॉड यूजर एंड लाइक वाइज ओनली हैव ट्रस्टेड एडमिन एंड सर्विस अकाउंट्स दैट हैव राइट दैट शुड एक्सेस प्रोडक्शन कंसोल रूट और सुपर एडमिन अकाउंट शुड बी सब्सक्राइब टू अ ग्रुप email address as i mentioned earlier do not have an individual user uh, account attached to it because if that user somehow is unavailable then you will be stuck if you want to do an immediate change or management usage of root account is restricted to minimum and a minimum amount of people and only emergency use like say maybe billing changing any billing uh, configuration or anything like that multi factor is enable across all cloud accounts make it a must even if you do not have a centralized idp or an sso make sure multi factor is enabled across all accounts cloud apis should be restricted to only trusted admins and trusted service account and in fact uh, in in my recent projects i have prevented anybody to have api access any user even if that person is a super admin of infrastructure all the apis and access token are used by our deployment services to deploy infrastructure creation only when when you are developing uh, the cloud from scratch maybe in the initial days you might have one user download access keys and api keys and use it but once your uh, deployment servers are ready revoke that access and disable it so in in our, in my projects i uh, do not use access keys on my token if i have to do any kind of provisioning i will go to my deployment agents and from there programmatically it will be accessed so service keys access key uh, cloud access keys should uh, be only provided to trusted service account and deleted elsewhere api rights are set up on least right principle api keys are only usable for selected egress and trusted locations service accounts with access to console apis are protected as i mentioned earlier all api keys even if it is between the service should be rotated uh, on a monthly or bimonthly basis Uh, best practice is 60 days but uh, 60 to 90 days uh, so this the uh, shorter you keep the better all account should have a strong password policies and um, all the account should have uh, a, a identity provider membership account uh, integrated with them so these are some of the things for cloud accounts uh, that needs to be taken care of to summarize for uh, secure uh, ease of access and easy to onboard and offboard for identity management what you need is a centralized identity provider and secret management where you store your user ids and your secret tokens you need an, you need sso for your identity management identity provider for ease of access onboarding and offboarding you need logically segregated low role based access control authorization for system and you need well defined policies and permissions for each role in short a centralized idp enabled with sso and rbac feature once you have your core infra setup integrate it with the centralized idp and secret management before you enable access for any user or engineer and there are some uh, uh, these are the do's i would also like to mention some of the don'ts don't use anonymous or generic credentials 
like root or default or you know systems and something like that reset all default system software or passwords uh, that are set do not transmit credentials in plain text use a secret management system and a temporary encrypted url to uh, communicate the credential do not store credentials on machines or static files do not share credentials like vpn profiles access tokens root accounts on emails or chats or slack do not keep temporary credential longer make it as short as possible if few hours to 24 hours not more than that do not communicate credentials through emails chats etc i hope you liked today's session and it gave you a good idea of how you should design your identity management system so that you just don't give easy access to your user but it is also a secured access so that that does not compromise your system next session will be about logging the fifth factor of modern infrastructure i hope uh, so far you are enjoying anatomy of modern infrastructure so join me back next friday on cloud kata where i share more katas for modern infrastructure with that note i would like to conclude today's episode subscribe to the show on cloudkata.com i repeat that's cloudkata.com if you have missed listening to the complete episodes don't worry you can get the transcript and the playlist on on the podcast page on cloudkata.com So with that note I'm signing off today enjoy your weekend take care stay healthy stay safe and keep learning see you next week on the fifth factor logging of modern infrastructure